0: Hello, Working Comic Podcast fans. This is episode 34. I'm really excited about this episode. I just interviewed Amy Miller uh, last week. It's one of the most beneficial ones I've had in a while. I learned so much about marketing and promoting shows and just how to structure my comedy life. Uh, It's really great. I think you guys are going to get a lot out of it. Uh, Let me talk a little bit about what you're going to hear in this episode, and then uh, we'll just take it away from there. So we talk about uh, new opportunities for comedians in the off-seasons, like the winter when uh, work is a little bit less busy, uh, comedy work. Uh, Marketing lessons that Amy learned as uh, someone who worked in marketing to help her comedy career. How to apply to festivals the smart way. How to make a comedy calendar. Uh, Curating jokes for an album, like what jokes do you pick if you're going to make a comedy album. Developing the right relationships in comedy And just the right relationships to help further your career, you know, whether it be with uh, like press and you'll you'll hear it in the interview. Uh, Messaging to get on shows, how to do that. Uh, Finding the right open mic rhythm and balancing that boring clerical comedy work like social media posts, emails, responding to people, all that stuff. How to balance that and still write and be a comedian so it's a really good insightful episode and I anticipate it's probably gonna be one of The most listened to just by the nature of how helpful. I think it is. So I hope you guys enjoy it I'm good and I can do a little intro Um, Welcome back to working comic podcast everyone. I'm here with Amy Miller. She's a very funny comedian from Oakland And she is a headlining comic, and you she's done last comic standing and been voted the uh, number one comedian in the Pacific Northwest at the Helium Comedy Club's competition Mm -hmm. twice. Right, twice. Um, Oh, the competition was once. once. And but you were voted uh, oh in Portland's funniest. Yeah, (laughs)
1: yeah.
0: And uh, the Willamette Week. Willamette
1: Week.
0: Willamette Week. It doesn't
1: matter. How do you say that? The Willamette.
0: A Willamette. It's named after the river, yeah. Okay, cool. Well, thank you for coming out to here in North Hollywood. Thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah,
1: for sure. Even though
0: I have no furniture and <laughs> yeah. nothing, and you literally listen to me on a, uh, a call. Am I, I? don't know if I'm allowed to say that. Am I breaching something? I don't know. But you uh, to I don't know. To my you mean, business.
1: for your employer or for me? For, for
0: my employer. <laughs> I, I have Mike no actually idea. Wondering. It's
1: not my business. But um,
0: yeah, I don't know. Uh, anyway, thanks for being here. Yeah, I appreciate sure. it. Uh, So you do a lot of comedy, and we met at Laugh's Comedy Club Mm -hmm. in Seattle. Were you a headlining? Yep. Um, How's the headlining going? How is that?
1: It's going good. I'd like to do more of it. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I mean, I yeah, it's going good. It really is um, kind of a mix of headlining clubs and putting together my own shows and also still obviously opening for people a lot um so it's good i mean i get a fair amount of work it's the winter right now so everything's sort of slowed down but yeah but it's good is that thing
0: seasonally in the winter comedy slows down
1: yeah the industry definitely slows down and people don't quite tour as much i mean comedy clubs are still functioning but um you know those of us who kind of do the road a lot and drive like it's just a little riskier to like you know, plan ten dates back to back driving because then you get caught in snowstorms and shit oh, it's like, like that, just
0: so. physically, logistically hard.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I go to Denver a lot, and I'll go to like you know wherever, like through Utah and Montana, and you can't just like do that in oh, December. wow, that's so <laughs> yeah. true.
0: I didn't even think about that, like the even terrain being tricky. a restriction. Yeah.
1: Even Portland is tricky. Occasionally, like two winters ago, I. Had a bunch of shows set up there, and I went, and I, like, rented an Airbnb, and they all got canceled because it was a snowstorm. Really? And I just, like, hung out in the Airbnb, and there weren't even, like, stores Jeez. Open.
0: So what happens in that? Do you just not get paid, and you just have to stay in the- Yeah,
1: I just lost money, and it was actually really um, relaxing because then I just had this little, like, snow vacation, and there was—Portland was, like, covered in ice— so they told everyone to like stay off the roads because you couldn't even walk around. Like really, it was just... you can
0: not even walk.
1: Yeah, because they don't um, salt the streets. It's a whole long story. Portland Wait, is very. Is it like dumb.
0: really like. Um... Like an eco, hipster-y thing. Oh,
1: yeah, 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 totally. Like we don't believe But in then salting. it's just like, yeah. We don't
0: believe in the safety of our infrastructure.
1: Exactly. And then it's just straight up dangerous because all of these <laughs> That's cars terrible. are crashing. What the hell? People fall down and break limbs. Like, you literally can't. So, they tell people to stay home, but people have to go to work, you know? What's and the like,
0: reasoning for not, is it an actual, like...
1: It's like, I, th- I think it's environmental because it drains into the water supply, but I think it's also that it kind of tears up the roads,
0: Interesting. I don't know,
1: but they also get they get snowstorms so rarely that it's it's literally you know oh it's like
0: are not even gonna do anything because it's like how often are you salting the road
1: like when literally they they're
0: sacrificing themselves in the name of yeah saving their I don't
1: and every business like stays closed but this Airbnb was um (laughs) right across the street from this bar called the Hungry Tiger and they stayed open I don't know how I think one of their bartenders lived really close by so they stayed open and that's just where I like where I ate and drank for like four days because there was nowhere else to go and I and I fell just like crossing the street um because it was just a block of ice and it stayed that way for like almost a week so yeah um so winter travel can be a little bit risky for that reason but then also like um in town you know everything else kind of slows down like any You know, if you were being considered for a show or whatever or you're writing on something, like everything sort of just stops. It's a little little different now because streaming has taken over so much Mm -hmm. that um, parts of the industry are still year-round, but there's still, you know, people take a lot of time off.
0: So what do you mean by that? Like how, besides like the obvious like Netflix streaming, what other opportunities are there now to in the streaming.
1: Well, I mean world any streaming service you can think of, like Hulu and whatever, I mean, to some extent even like HBO, you know. It's it's just used to be a thing where I feel like if when the industry was dominated by network TV and cable and like movies with a real specific release date, you know, in theaters that people would just kind of take off you know, most of December and part of January. And now you can pitch sort of all year round. Um, so it's changing a little bit.
0: That's really cool. Yeah. What kind of like opportunities are there? I mean, I know I, all I can think of is, I know Netflix has a ton of stand-up things. Amazon video will have like, I don't know. I saw Asif Ali had something at like Westside. Mm -hmm. I don't know. There's just like a ton of like little things like that. Yeah,
1: there's any number of things like um, pitching half hour shows, pitching movies, shorts. Comedy Central has a whole like short like web series division um, that ends up being where a lot of people kind of get their first thing with Comedy Central. Um, Like even like Amy Schumer's show started out as a web series. Really? You can watch all of these online. So there's a lot of like newer comics and then there's also like comics who... You know, are super famous who had like a little web series on Comedy Central. Whoa. Um, yeah, it's kind of like their farm team or whatever. So, I mean, a lot of the streaming services have something like that, but you know, there's also auditions and late night sets and, um, you know, ri- writing for people, even if you're like ghostwriting. And I mean, there's a million different things. I don't know. I well, even know so where cool. to start. Yeah.
0: That's so exciting. Um, and okay, so we are talking about. The headlining. And so when I uh, saw you at Laughs, was that you've been headlining for a while or recently starting?
1: Well, uh, at that club or or... Just
0: in general. I don't know. I
1: mean, I think I first headlined a club club, maybe like... Three years ago, okay.
0: So it's definitely not your first, no, but
1: then there's also like you know, I just got back from San Diego, and like last night in San Diego, there's just a weekly show there that's a great little like patio show that like pays okay that I headlined. So I mean, I'm doing things like that where it's just a long set, you know, between 30 minutes and an hour for yeah, for a handful of years.
0: That's awesome. But I'm still
1: relatively new in the scheme of things. Like, if you look at most of the people who headline clubs, like, you know, they're, like, 15 years in or 20 years in whatever.
0: How long have you been doing it?
1: Um, I just got to eight years. Oh, wow. Yeah. A little – I took a little time off, like, my second year, basically, I took off. So, I guess seven years cumulative, but –
0: And when you – like, in your experience, were you, like, just – constantly doing stand up like every day during that time or did you have kind of, like regiment did you have yeah
1: in the beginning i i tried to perform almost every night and it's like a lot of open mics yeah. um obviously so yeah i tried to at least like go out every night but part of it was i had also like discovered this like a new community of friends um so even if i wasn't performing i would try to go to shows i put on my own shows a lot in the beginning um, but you know everything kind of starts at open mic, so it was just like a series of different mics every yeah. night or most nights. Um, you know, I still had a day job at that time that was pretty demanding. So um, what would you do? I worked for a company called Ticketfly. Oh, nice. Doing marketing. Yeah, I was one of the first employees there. Really? Yeah.
0: I think I, aren't they big? They're pretty great. Right? They're
1: pretty big. Yeah, they got bought by Eventbrite, so. Wow. They're like one and the same now. But um, that's pretty cool. Yeah it's okay. <laughs> they were assholes. But um, yeah, I worked there for like three and a half years. So that was the beginning of my comedy career was working at Ticketfly. So it was hard to do like seven nights a week, but certainly like three, four, five nights a week. Yeah.
0: Oh, awesome. So after that, did you, after three and a half years, did you do comedy full time or did you get a different job?
1: No. Then I moved to Portland and I had a different full time job. Um, okay. But that job allowed me um, a lot of the time to work from home and also like work from the road Oh, that's or, cool. I don't know if they really wanted me to but I just sort of did it
0: <laughs> was it also marketing
1: yeah for a bunch of music venues up in Portland and a promoter um, oh, that's pretty cool So there was a little overlap because we also did comedy shows so there was some overlap with my day job but um, but I also like went to a lot of festivals at that time like I mean I usually st- like festivals are um, pretty much just you bleed money So I usually encourage anyone, if you're in your first few years and you want to meet more comics and just get sets in and, like, put yourself out there and you have, like, revenue from a day job, like, that's when you go to festivals. So I did, you know, I applied to and went to as many as I could because I had this steady income and I could, like, pay for my own room and stuff and kind of treat it like a vacation, Um, although I was always working during the day, so... Um, Which is partially why I would get my own hotel too And not share with people Because I would have to like work at my day job all day Before the shows happened Um, Otherwise you know I didn't want to like slip up So then (laughs) they would say you can't do this anymore But yeah like if you have You know a steady job Like that's the time to go to festivals Because once you're like only living on comedy Then it's much harder to take a weekend Where you're just losing money
0: Yeah that makes sense Um what was, like, so how early on did you start going to festivals, like, pretty early?
1: Yeah, I think um, I definitely started applying within my first year. But, really? like, second, third, and fourth year, I went to kind of as many as I could.
0: And you applied, and you would get in a lot?
1: Um, yeah, I almost have, I've almost always gotten in, at least, like, I mean, there are festivals I didn't get in, like, the first year I applied, like, Laughing Skull, for example, but then got in You know, the next three times I applied. Because a lot of festival bookers, I would say most of them, if you are good at all or you've got some spark and they're interested, they will kind of pay attention to your growth over the few years that you apply.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: and it can be a lot of money if you don't have a job, but, you know, if you have some income.
0: Yeah, it gets to be comedy, a lot. It's then... like $40 sometimes. Each yeah, one, those like are ex- I
1: try to avoid, like, I don't think any of the good festivals have been that expensive. Like, I think the really good ones top out around 25 and I'm suspicious of anyone that's yeah. 40 and up. Uh-huh. But also, if you apply early.
0: Then you get the early bird. This is a hot
1: tip. Yeah, you get the early bird, but also, because I. I was really close with the ladies who booked and like organized Bridgetown, which is now over but was like, you know, that was by like the far big one, one yeah. of the best festivals. Yeah. Um, when it was close to the final deadline, they were swamped with applications. And by that point had already booked a lot of the festival. So if you're funny and you apply like the first day, applications are open. Not only do you save some money, but You'll be more likely that they'll watch your whole tape and they'll consider you early. So,
0: you logistically are more likely to get in the earlier you apply.
1: I think so, yeah, if you're funny. Because they just start to figure <laughs> it out. Yeah, part. if you're funny.
0: Yeah. Um, <laughs>
1: and also, if you have some original material. The other thing about being a booker and watching, you know, 200 tapes back to back to back is that you hear a lot of repeated premises, right? So, if you watch, you know, if my friends who did Bridgetown would watch 40 tapes in a day, by like, the tenth time someone mentioned Tinder, even if that person was funny, they'd be more likely to just shut it yeah, off. Yeah,
0: they're just like because it's just like
1: it. I've heard this; it's too much. Yeah, um, but if you're in the first week of applications and they only have three tapes that week, and your Tinder joke is really funny and everything else is good, then you have a better. That's interesting.
0: Shot. I never thought of it like that. But
1: also, just like be funny, be funny, but send original material when yeah. you apply for anything for late night or festivals or or even local shows.
0: Yeah. Uh, You've never seen me do stand up. But no. so you can't. Speak. I think I'm funny. I thought I was funny. Um, but then I apply to the festivals and I really never get in. I just don't <laughs> ever I tend to apply later though. Also, I don't know. I don't know. It's just sad. And uh, I wish you saw me do stand up so maybe <laughs> you would sure have I will some eventually. some insight um, but yeah, I'll sh- actually, maybe I'll show you my tape at some point and you can give me tips because I need help. I'm trying to figure that out because I feel like for me, I've been doing it for five years and I also I'm balancing like doing like stand up and improv and sketch comedy and mm-hmm. this podcast and stuff. And so obviously I haven't been doing stand up every single night because I, I feel like I'm doing the other things, too. Yeah. So I might be progressing at stand up, maybe slower. Than like Maybe. other people, I don't know, but it takes um, a
1: lot of repetition for sure. I mean, you have to go up as much as possible. Yeah. So, but that's you know, if that's your priority, if you're trying to balance it with other things, then yeah, you're gonna progress a little bit more slowly.
0: Yeah, and just like kind of do all the things because I like to do. But um, anyway, uh, yeah, I'm just trying to figure out. Like, I guess that that's a good strategy to think of for festivals. But do you have any? I guess specific um festivals that you think are more important than others because i know for me like i want to apply and then i get so overwhelmed with just how many there are mm-hmm. and i don't even know like i'm like i could easily just spend so much money and i don't want to mm-hmm. i got not even know what's good what's yeah, bad is does, there a resource that has this um, info i
1: mean a lot of people have kind of put out websites or just various spreadsheets of all the festivals and their application deadlines I think Laughing Skull is really good. I think Big Sky is really good. Um, those both are fun, but also have like a lot of industry presence. Um, having said that, it's like kind of pricey to stay in Atlanta, but Billings, Montana, is much cheaper. You know, and they cover a lot. Um, they cover a lot more. Big Sky does. Um, and and again, like you know, a lot of people won't get in the first or second time they apply, but you can grow, and maybe the fourth or fifth time you apply, you will get in, and it's helpful to see that as kind of an investment, not only in these people who book something, because like all the Bridgetown bookers, well not all of them, a couple of them now work elsewhere in the industry, right, so they like are still involved in comedy, Um, so it's never a bad thing to have people like that see you, and I'm sure that, you know, the Big Sky people are in this, actually one of the Big Sky bookers also books a festival in LA now, Um, oh uh wow, in north hollywood where we are
0: oh really um yeah what, what so, festival's here
1: um I, I can't i think it's called the north hollywood comedy festival and i think that is their application happened? fee is too expensive um okay. it might have already happened i don't know it kind of came and went in my head but i know that he was involved so i just say that to say like you see it as an investment even if you don't get in when you do get in maybe your fourth or fifth time and you're getting you know a free hotel room and free food and travel what all these things like you put into that pot of money you know the first two years you got denied uh-huh. so it's easy to go like oh it's such a bummer to apply and not get my 20 bucks back when I don't get in but at what point maybe you do get in you're still like supporting yourself
0: you yeah know? it's like when you do get in you just you get it back
1: yeah and you're if you stick to it comedy festivals happening at all so it's like as long as it was like under 35 bucks, it was always sort of fine with me. Cause yeah. 20 bucks is like two cocktails in LA. Like it's fine. Yeah. You
0: know? Yeah. That's so true. Um,
1: if you have work, if, I mean, if you don't have work, 20 bucks is a lot. And I understand that. Yeah. I'm in that spot right now. So that makes sense. Yeah.
0: Um, how did you, um, so when you were first starting out, how did you think about all these things? Cause I don't know, maybe I'm just like overwhelming myself with just the, moving back to LA from Seattle, like just the sheer amount of comedy there is to do. I, I feel like I need some sort of structure and I need like, I don't want to be like, okay, like it's Monday. What should I do? Cause I know every day I want to do something related to comedy. Mm-hmm. Um, whether it's like any of the focuses like stand up or improv or whatever. But I don't know, I feel like for me, I need some sort of like structure of like, I know I'm going to do this today and I'm doing this because if I do like if I go to this mic, I'm going to work on, like, maybe this material. And it's important that I work on this material because I'm developing this for something bigger down the line. I don't know. But did you have any, like, metho- methodology in that, uh, in, like, a schedule or a structure or anything like that? In the
1: beginning, I I wasn't yet thinking about, like, applying for stuff or writing too much. Outside, I mean, outside of writing my stand-up. I just tried to perform as much as possible. For me... I'm not, like, super structured, but it does help me to, like, have a calendar. And I think no matter what town you're in, but especially L.A. or New York, like, there's so many open mics and so many shows. It's good to find a couple at least per week that you really like. And you can maybe get to know the host um, or even shows that you like to hang out at and support. Like, a lot of the time, um, you know, because L.A. is so spread out, Um that sometimes you'll want to go to a show and then be like, "Fuck, it's a forty-minute drive right now."
0: Like, yeah. I
1: so there are a couple shows in my neighborhood that are like walking distance, and I try to go to those basically anytime they're happening, because um, I get to see my friends and I get to watch comedy, but it's not like overwhelming, like the time commitment, you know? Uh-huh. And I can just like leave and walk back to my house at any yeah. point. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah especially in bigger cities find a couple things that are close enough to your neighborhood that it's not like you know really annoying to get to them so that you can show your face around and that's for shows and mics and then find like one or two mics that you really like and you feel like you have a good shot at getting up at and just put those on your calendar like if you looked at my google calendar right now like every monday says comedy store open mic and i don't always go to it but it's just a little reminder that like I'm also out of town a lot of the time on Monday, but if I'm in town and I'm free, then I need to make that a priority to go. So for me, that's really huge. I'll also put shows on my calendar that I just want to see, like maybe something I want to get booked on and haven't done yet. Um, Like, you know, before I ever did Hot Tub, I would just kind of like go and hang out and I put that on my calendar, like, and I would even put like who's on it, you know, that I know. Um, So those little things can really help. I've been... Um, Getting better at scheduling, like, writing um, afternoons or evenings with friends who also need kind of accountability. I think it's good to have accountability partners, um, and we often flake on those meetings, and that's okay. But having a thing on my calendar, like, Friday afternoon, I'm going to go write with Barbara Gray. It's at least there, and it's, like, an option um, so that you don't kind of just, like, lose that afternoon um and it's hard for me too because i don't i don't have like steady um a steady day job like you're doing um i'm just piecing a bunch of shit together yeah so there are some days that i'm like i want to work on writing or i want to go to a show tonight but i have to like walk dogs or whatever or do writing for money yeah that i don't necessarily love um so it's also like scheduling in times that i'm actually making my rent yeah
0: yeah. Are you, um, so for writing, you schedule writing, uh, like, or do you write every day or do you try to do it like once a week? Um, like how, do you, how are you about that?
1: I try to write every day, at least like journal, but I don't. Um, and again, like I don't have a very like structured existence. Um, so I tried, I mean, I think I got like a three solid weeks in like six months ago where I literally sat down to journal every single day. And fill out my calendar with like. And
0: journalism, like. Just write. Personal anything. stuff or yeah, like. Just write okay. anything.
1: Um, my comedy writing, well, it's different like for stand up versus like TV pilots or whatever, like yeah. web series stuff. Um, the scripted stuff more kind of comes in moments of inspiration. Like uh, a couple weeks ago, I hit really bad. And I get insomnia pretty bad, especially like. If I'm anxious or like when the season changes Mm -hmm. and I wasn't sleeping. So at some point I just like one night, like got out of bed and I was like, I'm just going to put down these ideas that I've been rattling around in my head. And then ended up with, you know, like four to five pages of like two different pilots. But that was sort of like a flash in the pan.
0: Did you say four to five or 45?
1: Four to five. Oh, okay. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Are you a genius?
1: Um, I wish 45. And so then now that it started, then you know, it's easier to schedule myself an afternoon where I go back in and add to these scripts that already exist. Mm -hmm. But that stuff for me is sometimes just like lightning striking. Um, With stand-up, I write a lot on stage and before shows and in the moment, um, but I try to like at least work on a new premise like every couple of weeks um, while also continuing to flesh out older premises that i've been telling but like have some dead spots or whatever yeah
0: how do you churn through your material uh do you like i always ask this because i i never know like when you're going to go to a show or a mic that you have planned during your week or not planned or whatever how do you think of like what you're going to do and yeah how do you think of what you're going to perform
1: it really depends on a lot of things um what kind of show is it is it like a bigger show that like industry people sometimes do come to like a hot tub for example or is it like kind of a chill bar show where I can like fuck around and do new stuff I mean it really depends it's a mix if I have some new jokes that I'm really loving then I always try to mix those in but then sometimes sprinkle in like an older thing just so I don't Forget how to do it. Um, And a lot of that is also just working out for travel, right? Because, like, in town, you know, I'm mostly doing between like seven and 15 minutes. But if on the road I'm doing an hour, then I can't, when I'm in town, just only do my new stuff all the time because it excites me. I still have to, like, bring out those older jokes Mm -hmm. so that when the next time I have to tell them, they're not rusty. Yeah. it really kind of depends on what's going on and my mood and how long the set is, you yeah. know? And if I'm like trying to fine tune something or trying to impress someone, um you know, I would say like if you're a newer comic and you're new to getting booked on like sort of bigger, more important shows, then you always do your best five or your best seven, yeah. even if some of those jokes are 3 or 4 years old, like You know the shortest most effective jokes unless you're like a gary gallman style genius where you can do one story in five minutes and it has you know a hundred laughs in it like that's not a lot of people um that's interesting yeah yeah
0: so you you released your a comedy album Mm -hmm. solid gold yeah that's really cool um when you did that and you're coming up with an album uh were you like how far back do you go Is it just like, do you just have a cutoff point? You're like, oh, let me think all the way back to all these jokes I had over my existence. And what are my favorites?
1: Since it was my first album and I was like right at five years of doing comedy, then I did whatever were my favorite things, including old stuff, because I just wanted to like get it down. And I saw it as sort of like a catalog of like my first five years in comedy. That album also has a couple jokes that at the time I told them were like pretty new just cause that makes the show more fun for me even though it's risky. And now like there are jokes on it I don't even tell anymore ever. Um, cause I just, you know, you always fall in love with certain ones more than others. So it's kind of a mix of like what I was thinking about or doing at that time that I recorded it and um, what I had done in my kind of first five years of comedy that I liked the most. So it's totally a mix, that's and so some cool. of those jokes I still tell, and and like often I'll tell, especially in a club like the Solid Gold joke because that's the name of the album, and it helps me sell it, which is like gross and dirty, but it also gets um, a lot of laughs, so it's yeah. fine. I still like the joke, um, but it definitely helps move some units, you know. Uh-huh. Um, but. I think that's for for a first album, you know, because if you did one at five years and then you do another one at eight or nine years, which I'm, I guess I have coming up, then that'll be, I I probably won't tell things on the next album that I told my first year of comedy. It'll be like, what have I been up to for the last four years?
0: That's cool. So this is, um, is it just, it's an it's audio record like albums are just audio recording, right? It's not video? Or did um, they you, did or video, video here? Oh. like...
1: If you work with a label, they'll usually also record the show with video and just put snippets up, like, on YouTube. So there is video of me, like, telling all of these jokes. But it's, like, for promoting the album.
0: okay. Yeah. So you had a label do it?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, Kill Rock Stars in Portland.
0: Wow. How... Was this through your job somehow?
1: No, no. It was just totally through comedy. So. Really? Yeah. They just they're in Portland and they all go see a lot of comedy and they were looking for new people to sign and they came out to see me a lot and then they just asked me to do it.
0: Wow, and so what do they do? They record it, distribute it, and everything?
1: Yeah, they do, yeah, everything from kind of top to bottom. They, like, paid for, um, like, a photographer and a designer to, like, actually do the album cover and do this photo shoot and they... Yeah, they release it, and then, I don't know, depending on who your label is, there's, like, more or less work they can do. They helped me put together an album release show, but, you know, even that thing, like, I did, like, the bulk of the work on. Um, so, it's kind of, it really depends on who your label is and, like, how much they provide. But. What did
0: like What do you mean, where did you put the work, like, developing the show, or...?
1: Just, like, um...
0: Self-promoting it and stuff?
1: Yeah, promoting the album release show and booking it and and, uh, getting the venue and stuff like that.
0: How big was the venue for it?
1: Um, it's like, 150 people, maybe. Not too huge.
0: So, who did did you reach out to? uh, Yeah, how do you populate? Friends, family, like...
1: Well, yeah, Advertising? Yeah, in Portland, I... Because I did a marketing job for venues, so I kind of, like, knew all the people were in town in like the local press and stuff so it was a little easier that way but um if you're not in that position which most people aren't and you want to like promote a show in your town I mean LA and New York are very different it's so saturated it's like much harder and you have to get way more creative but outside of LA or New York like it's usually pretty easy to find like who writes about comedy locally like you know whatever website people use to Find comedy events or whatever newspaper, which might be a crazy thing to say, but in Portland, people still read the newspapers, like the weeklies. Um, And I think, like in Austin, people still read the weeklies. So I'm not totally crazy for saying this, but you know, just find a comedy article and look at who the author was and and either find their email or tweet at them. Like, usually there's some contact available, send them a press release. but it has to always be a mix of things like if you're promoting a show like that it's got to be like some old media you know facebook ads facebook event twitter ads like i bought ads on reddit like it's just you just have to be kind of
0: i never thought about reddit or twitter do you just paper ads too posters and stuff or is it oversaturated for sure really
1: yeah 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 in portland especially
0: it's good posters do well in portland
1: yeah, they do pretty well. I like putting them up in coffee shops and stuff. Like, I don't know. There's a lot of spots in L.A. that don't even allow you to put posters up. Uh-huh. Like, you can be fined. Um, like, in West Hollywood, for example, you can't, like, promote. It, it's harder to use posters to promote your show at improv because... West Hollywood has, like, really strict laws about putting posters really? up, so, yeah.
0: They're like city laws.
1: You just have to get creative, you know, meetup.com is great, there's a lot of comedy groups on Meetup, so if you pay a little bit for a membership, you can post about your shows there, and there's people who just, like, have meetups to see free comedy shows or cheap comedy shows. hmm
0: that's really cool, um, cause you, so you were able to fill up the show, even though, I mean, you were five years in, but you weren't, like, I guess, super well-known yet, right? Well, Where were you? I don't
1: I'm no. not super well known anywhere right now except Portland kind of. so yeah, you were um, the Portland
0: celebrity. Yeah, I guess.
1: yeah. so I had some draw there and and also like a lot of friends and other comedians and a lot of people I know from the Bay Area have moved up to Portland. So luckily when I do a show there, it's like not as hard to fill. but I'm also piecing together all these other things, right like people know me from last comic people know me from doug loves movies people know me from all fantasy everything you know and so it's like finding those pockets of your audience wherever you can
0: that's really awesome uh that's and cool. like for
1: doug loves movies and all fantasy everything the fans of those two podcasts have like pretty active subreddits so that's the kind of thing where if i'm on tour or going to a specific town i can like go into the subreddit and be like hey come see me or come see me and david whatever like um, David Bory in your town, and like, even if that brings six people, like, but then six people also come from Doug Loves Movies, and then ten people come from a like a Facebook ad or whatever. Then I mean, this is all like just marketing. No, I'm just giving you a marketing that's, that's course. That's smart,
0: though. I need I <laughs> need help with this stuff. All right, Cause I run a show in Seattle, still. So this could probably apply in Seattle at least.
1: Yeah, and I, I promoted a lot of shows in Seattle too, um, and it's this—the press scene there is very small. And I know that like the stranger has not been super supportive of comedy historically, but a lot of the time it's like making a personal relationship with a specific writer that then you know that they might like be more likely to write about your stuff. Um, but yeah, you just have to try a little bit of everything and. Come up with some creative Facebook targeting and Twitter targeting and
0: Facebook does really well. I tried reaching out to newspapers and they were like, Sure, maybe but they didn't really respond. But I didn't have the right contact. I like literally just generically reached out.
1: Yeah, and you have to find the right contact and also like look like you're kinda of buttoned up, you know, like have like an official press release even if it's a template.
0: Uh-huh. Um, for the show. I didn't yeah. I didn't even think about it. I should do it that. It
1: helps for yeah. sure. Um, and then, you know, usually like on those weekly sites, you can submit your own event just to be in their mm-hmm. like events calendar. Like, yeah, you just have to try a little bit of everything and also try to like make some personal relationships. So it's like, like here in LA, for example, Jake who runs the comedy bureau, which he does a great service cause he lists every show and every open mic every single night, but it's not every show because sometimes people start shows and they don't know Jake yet and they don't know like how to submit. Um, And he still does a little bit of curation, I think. So that's a great example of like, he comes to a lot of shows, he's very easy to find because he's always wearing like a fucking top hat and cane. Like he's a crazy dresser. Um, So you can find him, you know, if you ask people, introduce yourself and then like next time around, he's probably more likely to list your show Um, And I think it works, like, those relationships with media and writers, even people with, like, a large Twitter following or someone who runs, like, a Facebook comedy group, um, you know, those are relationships worth making because, I mean, those guys can't always, like, know every single thing that's going on, you know.
0: That's so smart. This is so Thanks. good. It is so valuable. <laughs> I need to do this because I was like, I'm trying to figure out how to promote my show in unique ways. And I don't want to just do, we're doing like print little uh, business card flyers mm-hmm. with QR codes on the back and then ad, Facebook ads. The ads do well, but I, we need new ways. Yeah. The prints or the press sounds really smart. Yeah. it's possible.
1: And a lot of stuff with um, like local radio or papers in places like Seattle you can do a lot of the time with trade to like you know can we give away six tickets or if you have something to offer like if the show is good there's a good headline or whatever then you know like KEXP for example is always like a good um radio station in Seattle what is it called KEXP okay um and any college radio like they're always looking for shit to give away and local shows to support um so, it's just like, you know, a, a cursory Google search will take you to a lot of these things, but you just have to not be afraid to reach out and know that, kind of like comedy festivals, like maybe the first couple of times someone's not going to respond, but maybe the third or fourth time they
0: will. That's and really like, cool. Having yeah, a background no. in marketing helps you so much. I didn't even think, <laughs> I mean, like it makes so much sense now. Like, yeah. that's really awesome. Yeah, it's
1: been a huge help. Um, I've got a, a good amount of stuff from Instagram, too if the if like someone on the show is you know recognizable like when um i bought a little instagram ad it was maybe only like 10 bucks for my show at the improv last year was it a video or picture ad just a picture of nicole buyer um and she's very recognizable right now and hopefully for a long time because she's great um So I think that brought up maybe like 10 or 12 people into this small room. And so that was totally worth it. But you can't necessarily do that like with my face or whatever, like a comic who's like less recognizable. So you have to also make sure you're putting your money behind the right things. Um, Like in LA especially, it's, it's easy to have an awesome lineup of like pro super funny comedians. Who, like, your average person wouldn't recognize. You know, and like, people you can won't
0: go, I feel like.
1: Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, I think, like, Shang Wang is, like, one of the best comics I know. And he has done a lot of stuff. He has a half hour, he's got all these things, and he's hilarious. But I don't know. He's not always recognizable. Like, if you bought an ad, for example, not as yeah, much as Nicole would the be. The general public, in your... don't, yeah. don't know who he is. If you're just scrolling through Instagram. But Shang himself, oddly has, like, this crazy following of just Instagram fans that just like his comedy. And it's largely, like, it's a lot of, like, Asian college students that have seen him do colleges or, yeah, saw him on TV. And so they just, he posted, like, once and, you know, then we got, like, three full tables of mostly girls, Asian girls, Whoa, um, to so the funny. show because they were like, we're here to see Shang. Whoa. So, um, you know, a big part is also comics. Like, like, I know comics, especially in Portland, who would say, like, I never promote my shows on Facebook or whatever, and I won't retweet because it doesn't do anything. And I'm like, even if you have two fans, and the five other people on the show also all have two fans, then we're still like – filling up the room a little bit, you know? On top of whatever promotions the host and the venue are doing. That's a separate issue, venues are like, really not supportive of the shows they have a lot of the time, so find a venue that really wants comedy and wants to help out. Yeah. Otherwise, don't have a show there. Um, like if your venue won't even like tweet that your show's coming up, then you shouldn't have a show there. Um, but, you know, I would always encourage people to like really stay on the performers Not in an annoying way because a lot of us have a lot of shows, and it's like I don't promote every show I do in LA. I'll promote like the good ones, or sometimes, you know, the host is like a good friend. Yeah, you can't promote every show.
0: You're going to oversaturate your fans or friends or whatever.
1: So comics have to be choosy, but, um, you know, if you book a good lineup that's kind of varied between like better-known comics and newer comics, then at least a few of them are going to help you promote the show. But you just have to remind them. And I usually, as a producer, will say, like, here's all the materials. Like, here's an image you can use. Here's the Facebook link. Here's the ticket link. Um, Here's the lineup. No pressure to promote, but if you can, that would be great. And then it's like, if people have something else coming up that's more important the same week, like, you know, then you can't fault them for not doing it. But you have to provide all the materials yeah. for your performers.
0: That's Make so it cool. as
1: easy as possible.
0: And um, for the press release stuff that you were talking about earlier, you just find all that stuff online, templates?
1: Yeah, there's a lot of templates online. For like local media press releases, for like a um, comedy show, it's very different from like, if you own a company and you're releasing a new product right it's a totally different release for an event like that you really just need to like make it look professional and give the writer all the information they need in an easily digestible way so you don't even have to get like really cute about it you don't have to be funny in it or anything just you know who, what, where, when, why, like mm-hmm. the basics with, yeah, just a really simple template and an image usually.
0: So, and when you find these people online, just because, you know, they write comedy, uh, do you recommend just emailing them? Or do you call or do you like, cause I know that like having, I feel like the closer you are to like in person is better generally. I mean, I could be mm-hmm. wrong, but do you have a preference I try to e-
1: I try to email them if yeah. I can find it. If it's really really impossible to find, then maybe I'll like tweet at them or or yeah, just tweet them the details of the show because that's kind of non-invasive, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you don't have to be like, hey, what's your email publicly, you know? You just mm-hmm. send them the details of the show, and then maybe say in the tweet like if there's a better way to contact you in the future, let me know. Um, you know, so much of it is about just, like, being polite mm-hmm. and having something to offer. Like, nobody's going to write about something that isn't interesting. So make your lineups good. Yeah. Make a good venue, you know. Make and it interesting. make yourself look good. Um, but then occasionally... It's hard, like, uh, I don't know how much I would encourage this in bigger cities, but, like, in Portland, it's so small that a lot of the writers were kind of one degree away from me socially. So sometimes I would just, like, friend them on Facebook, and that wasn't weird there because it's like, oh, you're friends with Emily, you're friends with whoever, and I'm Amy, and I run shows, and then they're happy to have the information. Mm -hmm. But it's a little harder if you're, like, trying to friend someone from the L.A. Times or
0: whatever. Yeah, Yeah. definitely. I I know... um... I, know, so I was talking with some friends and some people were even saying just like messaging to get on shows and stuff, like how important it is to just be very polite and less like being like, Hey, you here's my this. video. You want to put me on? Like being like super informal or something like that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. More professional, the better. Yeah. For getting booked on shows, it's really similar. It's like, it's also similar in any anytime you like reach out to anybody about something that you want want or that is a priority for you, like, yeah, be polite and give them all the information necessary. So if you're close friends with someone, it's fine to send them a Facebook message or text and say, like, hey, I'd love to do your show sometime. That's fine. That happens to me all the time. Although sometimes friends message me who I like as people but not as comedians. Um and then I just don't respond or whatever, I just lie. Um (laughs) but if you don't know the person you know, do all the research necessary because a lot of the times producers and bookers are very organized and they've given you the information, right? So there's an official show email. There's like a way that they want you to reach out and you can usually find that online. Um, and then you don't have to like tweet at them. But yeah, give them a bio. Give them your link. Say something friendly. Yeah. Um, And occasionally like if it's a monthly i'll also include like which days i'm in town you know um which is not a like i don't like a lot of people don't get booked a lot so you don't have that yeah that issue but for me like i have dates planned already for like may and june and so if i'm writing about a monthly i will say like You know, I'd love to do the show. Here's my link. Basically, don't presume that they know anything and never presume that they know who you are. Um, Because I will even write to people who are acquaintances and be like, hey, this is Amy. Here's my. And then occasionally they'll write back and be like, I know who you are. Like, I already like you. And like, can you do this date or whatever? But I just don't presume, you know. So give them all the information. You know, don't make people hunt anything down. So are, you, are busy. are you
0: more along the mindset of waiting to be asked or asking politely to do shows?
1: I do a little bit of both. Um, when I moved to LA, I didn't ask to be on too many shows because I was getting booked pretty regularly. So I was like, oh, I'll just... Because I think a lot of people move or they visit a place and they kind of like blow their wad up top, you know, and email every producer of all the best shows and then do them within a three month period. And then it's like, oh, I can't ask for a year. So everybody has a different approach. For me, I it's a mix. I'll ask, like like I hadn't done Hot Tub and I keep talking about Hot Tub, I don't know
0: why. <laughs> Your favorite <laughs> show Because I just ever. did it, it's
1: in my head. Um, and they're really nice, but yeah, it's a great show, but I had lived here for probably a year and not done it yet. And I hadn't asked and then I emailed them and, you know, send a professional polite email and then they were like, Oh yeah, you've never done it. So you're That's more like weird.
0: slowly with email instead of just, just being like, like, let me get a list, them email them all up top.
1: Yeah. yeah. I space them out for sure.
0: Uh-huh.
1: Um, but that depends. I have friends that moved here at the same time as me that are super funny from Portland who don't get booked as much. Cause they're just like not out and about as much or they're like working on TV shows or whatever. And I show my face also, so like showing your face is so much of it because a lot of booking is people just think of like who they saw that week, you know, like a lot of the time. Um, So I would say if you're not as active about going to hang out at shows, then you're going to have to be more proactive about emailing people. Um, but you kind of have to pick one or a mix of both. You can't just like stay home and then be like, why am I not
0: getting
1: Like, haven't they seen me on Facebook?
0: I'm trying to figure out because I know you talked about earlier, like finding that rhythm of mics and stuff like that. Um, I, I both want to find the rhythm of mics and then also explore new ones so that I can be really exposing myself to Mm -hmm. uh, the community. And I guess like finding that balance is like hard because like, how often do you do the same mic every single time or go and venture out and do a different one or
1: yeah you have to try a handful but some of them are really terrible and some systems work better like especially if you're a working person so you just have to try a bunch until you have a few that you like and then you can stagger those throughout the week yeah and then always always find i think like at least one mic and one show that are close to your house especially if you live in a At least with a lot of travel like LA.
0: Yeah, that's so true and interesting. Um, So, yeah, because I was thinking about uh, the show thing because I'm trying to figure out... Because, I mean, I've done stand-up for a long time and uh, coming back here, I definitely feel like I'm not sure if, like, the idea of only doing mics is really sad and daunting, especially after having done a lot of shows. Yeah, Um, that's how it goes, That's how it goes. Um, So, I guess, like, what would you say to someone like me just like submit to some things and then just do mics. You're like slowly.
1: Yeah. I mean, you really just need to p- try to perform as much as you can and show your face around. And it's like, no, like no great comic has ever been like anti open mics because if yeah. that is where you can perform, then that is where you can perform. And there are plenty of like very experienced comics in LA who like, have TV writing jobs and they've done late night sets who show up at mics on a regular basis because they didn't have anything booked that night and that's where they can try out this new joke. So, you know, I would say, like, if they're not in a position to say, I don't want to only do mics this week, then you can't either, unless you don't care about it that much and then it's fine. But if you want to do stand-up and that's where you can go up, that's also going to lead to shows. Yeah. So... I mean, I think, yeah, it's just really a matter of finding a few that you like that aren't, like, crushing to go to, you know, and that are fun. And for going to mics and for hanging out at shows and for having writing sessions, any, like, I can't speak highly enough about accountability partners. Yeah. Um, Because a lot of the time, even for a show, like, I have a car and I have some friends who live here who don't have cars, which is crazy to me, but I'll be like, I'm going to pick you up on Friday and we're going to go to this show or we're going to go to this mic and we're going to go to this show. Mm -hmm. And if that person's holding you to it or we're going to have a writing session and then go to a mic and try out the things we worked on um, or we're going to have a writing session to work on our pilots and then go to a show. Like, whatever. Make it fun, you know? But just get some drinks after. Have plans, yeah.
0: Yeah,
1: have plans because I need that. Like, not everybody needs that, but I need that. And then it's also, like, Then you have someone to hang out with if you don't know anyone else there. Like, it's just less intimidating. And you have to bake these things into your schedule to really make it work.
0: That's cool. I like that. How do you um, rule out or, like, weed out the the grueling mics that you're not even getting better from and that actually don't offer you value? Because I'm trying to figure out, like, which ones are, like, because obviously the stage time is harder here. Um, with the mics so I'm trying to figure out like which mics are am I actually gaining from like and I mean gaining from like I'm doing material and then I can iterate on it and make it better how so do you So with out?
1: open mics another thing is that you have to have some sort of internal idea uh, that you truly believe in like what's funny and what's not because if you're going to mics where it's all comedians and they don't laugh at each other then sometimes you can throw a premise out there or a new joke and then go, oh, that bombed, so I'm never going to tell it again. But you have to really, like, find a way to know in your soul that something has potential before you give it up. And be realistic, right? So if you're at a shitty mic with seven comics, they're all working on their sets and no one's really paying attention, and you get, like, one person to chuckle or the bartender laughs, like count that, like, that counts, you know?
0: Yeah, because then a bigger audience of normal people listening to you, that probably translates.
1: To half the room, yeah, Yeah. (laughs) exactly. And then maybe by the time the joke is fully formed and you work really hard on it, then it'll be the whole room. But, you know, just be realistic about these things. And I'm not saying try the same shitty joke on 10 different, like, booked shows with real audiences and bomb and keep doing it. Um, But for mics, like... It depends on what you want to get out of it. Sometimes I just need to say the words out loud. Like I know that something's funny and I've tried it. Like kind of tried it on a book show and it got some laughs. So I need to go to a mic just to like say all the words in order. And the people don't laugh and it's shitty. I don't care, you know. But you have to have that kind of internal rhythm and belief in your material um, not a delusion, but like yeah. some believe. Just be
0: aware of the validity of the feedback you're getting, like because sometimes yeah. it not, might not be pure, like accurate feedback. Yeah, like a show's accurate feedback, in my opinion. Like you're Depends getting, on depending the show, on what the audience yeah. is. Like
1: yeah, oops, sorry. Um, that means I have to go say. No worries. Um, yeah, but I would say like if a mic is like miserable for you to go to, no one's ever there, you have to pay, it's a long drive, and. You have to wait a long time then like maybe that's not the mic for you yeah but it just takes a lot of research and like in LA like I mean this is kind of far from well I don't know it's far from everybody but the Chatterbox open mic is really good they usually have a normal audience um, there's like an open where mic is in, that uh, in Covina okay um, there's also a good Sunday night show there okay by this point, you should be fully aware of. So you need to go to more shows. Yeah. Um, Chatterbox is one of the best shows in the in LA. Um, what am I doing? <laughs> I know, right? Um, there's like a good open mic at a hot dog stand and Eagle Rock that's really fun. Like, you know, the UCB Sunset mic can be fun, and that's a lottery up top. So mm-hmm. like, if you don't get picked, you can leave. You just know. So yeah, for a working person like you, a lot of the time, it's like, what is this time commitment gonna be? Is there parking? You know, that's a big one in LA, is I'm like, I'm not going to Koreatown, basically for anything. I, I like, it's so hard to park that yeah. it makes you mad you left your house, right? So it's just a matter of planning these things. Like, who am I going with? Accountability partner. Um, I should teach classes. You um, should, this is good. <laughs> who am I going with? Is there parking? How long is the wait? What's the mic system? You know, will I have to wait for three hours and then find out I'm not going up?
0: It's a business. It's literally like running an efficient business. Like in a way, like even though it probably sucks to think about it like that. It is like you have to 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 find like more clever processes than everyone else. Like, like in business, like you have businesses, like whoever has the like. Most efficient process making the cheapest thing or whatever does the best. Sure, you have to have the, ch- the cheapest thing is your time and energy, and yeah,
1: you have to think about it like it, optimizing it's also, everything. It can't be a hundred percent of your thought process because it's also a you passion have to be project. Funny.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, you
1: have to be funny, but also you have to like it. So sometimes mics and shows are going to be terrible, but if you like being on stage and like offering your perspective, then. You're always getting some reward out of it. If you just hate stand up, then I don't have no tips for
0: you. Yeah. Um, How much time do you spend allocating towards like the sucky like clerical parts of it though? Like, um, I don't know, like making sure your website is up to date, Mm -hmm. and um, I know we talked about, but like reaching out to people. Like, how do you balance doing all those chore like things that are kind of draining? that you have to do to, like, self-promote and work with being funny and enjoying writing and performing.
1: I do those pretty much every day at the beginning of my day. Um, Like, that's almost, like, every day when I wake up.
0: Uh Uh-huh.
1: I'm trying to work in a couple other things that, like, aren't a bummer, like, you know, like, going for a walk first instead of doing my emails or whatever, or, like, you know, even just, like, stretching, having breakfast. Yeah. But pretty much I start every day with those. Um, Just to get out of the way. Yeah, Um, and just so that you can respond to people quickly. And like some days it'll build up. So like I hadn't been able to sit down just because I was busy and hadn't been able to do a lot of that stuff for like a week. So like yesterday I spent like maybe two to three hours on like, yeah, updating my website and like um, promoting my podcast and all these different things that have kind of stacked up. So sometimes they get behind but I try to get that out of the way if there are things I hate doing but they're easy like you're saying like updating like your Facebook page or whatever um I truly hate it or adding tour dates I will save some of the things that I hate that are tedious for really late at night and like um I'll, like, be watching a movie or something and, like, drinking wine. And then just, like, uh-huh. and it doesn't feel like work as much.
0: Cause stuff I, I feel just like, do it in the
1: middle of the night.
0: I feel like now stuff that I just I have to do. You have to, like, constantly be. Um, I'm trying to have some sort of social media presence. So I'm trying to do that. Posting this podcast weekly. I like doing I like the interviews. But then actually sitting down to edit this thing, I truly hate. Like it's just the worst thing yeah. ever, and then I have to post it, and I have to post it to the Instagram, I have to post it to all my Facebook pages, and like, that's just annoying. And then you have to like, <laughs> oh,
1: I'm so glad I did it. Like, and then like, <laughs> no one's like, gonna listen to and it. And
0: then <laughs> no, I will, I, I, do it. I just, it's just so painful. Like, well, and then like planning, like if you actually want to have a social media following, it seems like you have to be able to like post every day or something. So just figuring out how to like schedule sure. a post, because like, if you have a laundry list of things you have to do every day, it gets so overwhelming
1: it does get overwhelming and you it's part of being an adult though Mm. i mean people have comedy careers while also having children and like going to pta meetings so like i think we're fine you know yeah it's not a lot to complain about to like have to post your podcast on facebook or whatever but i I understand what you're saying and i'm annoyed by it too and that's why i kind of like try to make it fun yeah so if your editing annoys you well, two things, you can make it so that like you don't have to do much editing, right? So the interview is one chunk and then you, I don't know if you do an intro and then yeah. add like a like song or whatever, it. like make it easier and you can tell your guests, like, we don't really edit. So like, don't say anything that you
0: don't <laughs> We don't want. edit by the way.
1: I mean, I'm serious. Like, cause we never edit our podcast. Really? We just,
0: you don't go listen to interview. it the whole time?
1: Um, yeah. no. No, 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 no. If it that's all that's what recorded, I've been doing.
0: I've oh been no, like, you don't have to. Well, listen I would do to it on, at least uh, double speed, but it's still like
1: yeah, you can do it in chunks. Like listen to the beginning, the middle, and end. Make sure the audio was cool, um, and then you know we tack on like an intro or whatever, and then post it, and then do the promotion. And it is a lot, but you know as I said, like I just do it a lot of the time in the middle of the night. Social media. Because oh, yeah, you're
0: doing that, you have who's your god. yeah and you're editing it and everything
1: well steve edits it and then he'll put and then i'll like write the description and then we both promote it um and i'll like buy ads for it and stuff um so you do and i do the booking for the most part
0: Uh
1: um but yeah a lot of it for social media because it's not um it's not helpful to post stuff in the middle of the night because people won't see it but you can schedule all these things and you just have to like Put on a funny TV show or whatever. Do you use the
0: apps like Hootsuite or anything like that to schedule posts?
1: No, I just usually use like the native.
0: Oh yeah, inside you can just schedule it in Facebook and stuff.
1: Yeah, Um, and again, these things like the tedious parts can be a part of a writing writing session. So I'll like if I have coffee with a friend and we're gonna write work on writing, I can reserve 20 minutes at the beginning to do like annoying clerical stuff.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: And then it's fun. You're hanging out with a friend. And That's you're cool. whatever. Yeah, you're just to like... do it
0: with a friend who's doing the same thing. Exactly. Yeah. I'm trying to find that. Nigh- friends? <laughs> For <laughs> my friends. All my... Because I'll let you go soon. I know you're yeah, over time. Have to and yeah, I go.
1: I'm going to be stuck in traffic.
0: I'm sorry. That's okay. Um, yeah. All my friends are from the UCLA. And some are... Most of them are still there, I guess. And then... A lot of my friends aren't even doing stand-up here anymore. It's really depressing.
1: But also you can do, do stand up again. a fun thing. Like, yeah. like if you already have plans with someone to go to a movie or get fucked up or whatever, like <laughs> I don't know what kids do. Um <laughs> you can go like, hey, do you wanna like it doesn't have to be a coffee shop. Yeah. Go to like a chiller bar where we just have one beer for like an hour and then sit down and get our work done
0: yeah normal I like people to aren't do doing
1: yeah i like to just
0: work with other people yeah like,
1: totally and people who aren't doing stand-up have annoying things to take care of like work or their emails or like paying bills or whatever like yeah, everybody things, has some boring shit some they clerical
0: need. boring stuff yeah yeah yeah
1: just that's cool buddy system
0: well thank you so much for doing this, this is actually so i i didn't know how <laughs> helpful this was gonna be i feel so enlightened Good. Um, I'm
1: glad to hear it yeah, I hope that you end up Posting it at I, No I
0: will <laughs> I, I do I actually do post, I post every week uh, I'm good about it just, I just get stressed um, But Are there any things You want to plug Or share With uh, the world Before we um, go I don't
1: know Just follow me On Instagram Amy Miller Comedy Twitter's Amy Miller That's pretty
0: much it Cool And the pod who's, who's your God. God Yeah Cool And Solid Gold Comedy album Yeah I Cool Sweet thank Well you. thank you Hey guys, thanks so much for tuning in to Working Comic Podcast. There's a new episode every week where I interview writers, directors, comedians, producers, any kind of creative thing you can think of, and also the business side of things. So, club owners, agents, managers, festival runners, all that stuff. So, tune in every week. And uh, also, follow me on social media at TheAustinNasso on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And you can also catch me on YouTube with Chabros, C-H-A-A, bros, one word. Uh, We have some funny videos up, so check it out. Thanks, guys.